You're listening to The Big Show. They score! With Russick and Rose. He rips the puck off the bar and in. His second goal of the game makes it 5-0 Flames. Ready to go now. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. Robbed by Markstrom. What a save. It's loose. And Markstrom makes another miraculous stop. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, hi there. It's Tuesday. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Big Show is powered by mortgagestogo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. Kind of feels like, I don't want to say it's a repeat or a rerun, but it's a very similar show to yesterday. Brent Cron, Big Show Flames analyst, the Solution Snake, the Cobra, going to join us at the top of the next hour, breaking down the Flames' 2-0 loss at Madison Square Garden last night to the Rangers. And Charles Davis, for the last time this season, single tier, NFL on CBS, NFL Network will join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, Maddie, good morning. Um, hey, yo. I'm watching this uh, Tiger Woods, you know, his evolution now. He's going to TaylorMade to wear, wear TaylorMade gear. Sunday Red. Mm-hmm. And, he, and it's just like a little Tiger logo thing he's got going on. I love it. Yep. Right below the uh, buttons. That's a good yeah, spot a for the logo. Brand new day. It's such a good branding. Mm-hmm. They did a hell of a job mm-hmm. Taylor made with this, and then Tiger can go out and get anybody he wants. It's called Sunday Red. So good. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the Genesis this week. Should maybe have a golf guest on. What do you think? Yeah, we can call uh, call our boy Adam Stanley, see what he thought about the Waste Management Open. A lot of, uh, a lot of boozed-up people at the Waste Management Open. Yeah, to say the least. It was like it was like Mardi Gras at <laughs> a golf tournament, essentially. Ah, uh, I think, yeah, it's close. It's I feel like it was more like a grad part, like a, a university. Like the golfers were fighting weekend. back though this week against the rowdy crowd. Yeah, yeah. The, they a lot of them never really like it, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah, Zach Johnson yeah. was like, "Who said that?" I was Boo. Shooter McGavin. Boo. Yeah. It's not a Who rock concert. That? Yeah, I was reading some of his quotes from his uh, an interview he did after the tournament, and whatever you don't like it, don't show up. I don't care. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of other yeah, guys. You got other, you got other options. It's not an <laughs> elevated uh, event. Don't show up then. Whatever. I eat pieces of S for breakfast. You eat pieces of S for breakfast. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, we got uh, we got stuff. We got lots of things to do. Flames lose 2-0 last night. Uh, Jacob Marstrom, here's some positive news, was named the NHL's first star of the week. You know what I love about first star of the week and this stuff? Mm. That you never pay attention to it unless it's somebody on your team. Without a doubt. Why would I pay attention if it's another team? You're like, who was the first star of the NHL last week? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Patrick? <laughs> no, no clue. Yeah, Exactly. But it was like, hey, first star of the week, Jacob Marshall. Yeah, times. well, it's like, you know, third star's nice, second's okay, but when you're the first star, it means you're the best player yeah. in the week. Yeah. I think it's just hilarious that everyone talks about it when it's somebody on their team, and then nobody talks about it unless it's not on their team at all. Yeah. Like, it matters then. I just It just makes me snicker. But I don't think it does matter. I think it's just, hey, our player is getting Some love. noticed here. Finally. I, yeah. And it helps when he's out east. <laughs> they saw him. It certainly does. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Beat so the strange. Bruins, Devils, Islanders. He was terrific. Yeah, this is the this is a seven o'clock start. We'll be in bed. We're fine. Oh, an afternoon game. We're good. He was uh, he was fantastic last mm-hmm. night in that two nothing loss. Uh, he can sit in the dressing room and go, "Hey, that one wasn't on me, boys. That was kind of on you." Can I get that puck in? Shesterkin was great last yeah, night. Yeah, he was very good. Too. And I think, and I think we only we have ourselves to blame a little bit, namely me. How we said, "Hey, Shesterkin's starting to lose his net to quick, hasn't had the best season." Goes out there and he was spectacular last night for the New York Rangers. Some of those saves he made, um, 
little bad luck, too, by the Calgary Flames. Couldn't get the puck past him. But a 2 nothing hard-fought loss last night to the New York Rangers. And I thought the first period they were getting caved in a little bit. They looked sluggish. It was the last game of a roadie at Madison Square Garden. And then, Maddie, I thought the Flames started to push back, especially in the second period. Oh, yeah, that was when they started to push. But I didn't love their first period. Um, didn't see necessarily a, a whole bunch of legs from them. The, the biggest moment from the first period was probably Truba's yeah. big hit on Peltier, which was really unfortunate. Uh, the four-on-four was a little bit of fun, but for the most part, it was a uh, bit of a slog early on. Like you mentioned, I, th- I thought that New York did a pretty good job of Defending, keeping things to the outside. You can tell that maybe they weren't uh, as confident in Igor Shesterkin as they typically are. As Like you mentioned, I thought he was good, but he didn't really have to work too hard until late in the game, late second, third period. So it's a tough one for the Flames. You wrap a roadie with a bit of a sleepy effort, but I still think you can be very happy with uh, how they've started this trip and, and how they're going to come home. And for them to just not be able to score against a tough Rangers team... Not too worried about it. Uh, it was a uh, solid road trip. Mm-hmm. I think if you would have said, hey, get uh, six out of a possible eight points, take that right away, especially where they were playing, namely in Boston against the Bruins. Uh, Cooley was uh, definitely somebody uh, who had an impact on the game last night. Talk about a team where it's like guys' names that are impossible oh, to Will pronounce Cully. if you don't know. Cully. Yeah, it's Cooley. Mm. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is. It's spelled Cully, though. Yeah, it's spelled yeah. Cully. It's yeah, pronounced Cooley. Cooley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, Heedle is a guy. He's hurt, but he didn't play Hurtful. last night. Mm. Yeah, they got a lot of guys on yeah. that team. You're like, what? Yeah, they wanted... They were, I love Larry Brooks. He, the day, like, uh, Heedle was announced that he was done for the year... He threw up an article and had like a little bubble of Elias Lindholm, and then Lindholm's traded like four hours later. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Uh, there goes the narrative that the Flames have, ne- have never lost without Elias Lindholm. That, mm. that narrative went out the window last night in that 2 nothing game. Did you like the windmill save Asha Sturkin made? What was it on? It was in the third period. Anderson? Yeah. It was a little much. <laughs> well, he didn't even have the puck in his glove. He he knocked it out of bounds. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm never going to. Uh, I'm never going to rip someone for doing a windmill save when it's no, there me for neither. You. I just I just thought it was, it was a lot. It was a lot in that second. He just really just threw it up there. That's something we're going to ask Brett Cron about. The old windmill glove save last night uh, from Igor Chesterkin. Don't do that on a leaf. They might get too embarrassed. Mm. Okay. Uh, we we might find out about that suspension today. Oh, we will. Oh, we today. will. They oh, play we today. Will. We're going to find out today for sure. Yeah. That's appointment viewing. <laughs> yeah. In uh, in-person hearing. Uh, you kind of mentioned it there. Bad news for Jacob Pelche last night. Was hit by Jacob Truba and then uh, didn't return to the game. It was a hodgepodge. It was a potpourri. It was a who the heck is going to play um, on the fourth line last night. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Hubert O got some time. Mm-hmm. Coleman was down there a bit. Coleman. Zary, uh, Kuzmenko was Ross on there, Priscilla. which I thought was super interesting. <laughs> hey, everybody gets a go. Everybody had a run, essentially. Yeah, it yeah, was, it was fun yeah. down there. Walker Dewar missed a big-time chance, too. In, this, in the second period where he was left all alone, couldn't even get a shot away. Yeah, like, he damn it, Walker Dewar, I need you to get you the 20 goals to get my reasonable take. Yeah, he had a couple. Well, yeah, that's not going to happen. But that's yeah, he had a couple of uh, nice opportunities out there for sure. Yeah, um, it, it was interesting to see all the fourth line and uh, something we we we've been talking about on this show. And Greg Millen kind of alluded to it last night on the broadcast. And I thought I thought Millsy, as they call him, mm. was terrific last night. Um, Pelche does need to protect himself a little more in that in that instance. It's a little more, but. It is you Truba, realize though, who we're that's... talking about? Like, how you protect yourself <laughs> against Jacob Truba? Yeah, yeah. The the, the dude has made a living out of backing off the line, and as soon as you put your head down to take the pass, closing on you and hitting you. He's done that for the ever since he became a member of the New York Rangers. He's done that to guys. Yeah, he hasn't. He wasn't like that. He was hitting as a Jet, but he didn't hit like this. Yeah, I I don't know. I you could say yeah, you got to learn to protect yourself more. But he does that to everybody, guys who have been in the league for decades. So I'm 
whatever. It, if it was someone else, if, it, if you're having that happen to you and it's Adam Fox, okay, sure. But it's Jacob Truba. Like, sometimes you're just going to get hit by the biggest, meanest guy on the ice, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah, um, we don't know the timeline for Pelletier now, how long he's going to be out for. Uh, but it's definitely disappointing because I think we've all really liked that fourth line with him and Dewar and Rooney. Definitely uh, nice for the Flames. thought the Kadri line was really good last night. Probably their best line last night at generating chances. Connor Zary was all over it last night. Ripped the post mm-hmm. on that one on that one play. Uh, the post has kind of snuck into the Flames vernacular here lately, the last couple games, just dinging the post all over the place. But Zary had that chance, and I thought I thought Kadri's line was really good last night. Yeah, they were really solid. I, I thought that throughout the game they definitely had a little bit of jump. Um, that Pospisil Zary combo continues to be something that's fascinating, and Pospisil continues to be somebody that gets under the skin of others. Well, does he ever? I'm I'm just a huge fan of everything he brings to the table right now. So, um, yeah, the the first goal is a little bit tough, but the whole time the Cadre line was producing. I thought that he did a good job in the middle of the ice. You know, he was pretty dynamite in the faceoff circle as well. What he ended up finishing twelve for fifteen. So. Yeah, he had one loss heading into the third period in the dot. Yeah, he was really good. Um, they were trying to find things to work after, like we would mentioned, Pelche leaves the game after skating, what, a shift? Maybe he was in his second shift when he went down. So all of a sudden you're in scramble mode. Kadri ends up skating over 20 minutes yesterday. I didn't really like the Sharon Govich line as much as I have recently. Kuzmenko I did not love yesterday. He was uh, kind of out for a Sunday skate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the Kadri line was good. Uh, caught, uh, possible was in the middle of that roughing play Yeah, where somehow, uh, the referee put three Rangers in the penalty box and the Flames had two guys that ended up on the power play. I have no idea how he deciphered that. Oh, three Rangers were guilty. Let's throw three of them in the penalty box. Yeah. Well, that was funny. Well, possible was going at it with Panarin. Yeah. He was going for sure. That's fine. A couple of times. Both those yeah. guys went. And then you had, what, Pahal and White. And then Lafreniere was going a little bit hard on somebody else. So he got an extra one, too. I was actually surprised Pahal went in the box. I didn't think he was necessarily fighting back too much. But I actually thought Flames deserved a power play there myself. And then, of course, Huberto moments later takes an interference penalty and down yeah. the drain. Go ahead. After he fumbles that puck at mm-hmm. the uh, the blue line, has to trip. Um, there were instances last night where the Rangers were much better than the Flames on 4-4, four and four, which was kind of surprising. Flames had a lot of um, opportunities shorthanded. I think, was it in the first period or second period? Where they were all over it. They had a, Sharon Govich had a chance. Coleman had a chance. They were really pressing there to tie the game. Well, the 4-on-4 four 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 they had, they had some good 4-on-4 four four early on in the first period. I thought that was a solid little moment. Then they had more after that Huberto penalty. Um yeah, the four-on-four four was some of the more exciting. Like, honestly, yesterday's game, kind of boring. Didn't love yesterday's game. Low event. Low event. End of a trip. End of a trip. Pelche gets hurt. You got no Flames goals. Like, it ended, and I was like, this game sucked. Like, I'm done with the trip. I'm ready for them to come home. I'm done with it. Um, and they play the Sharks on Thursday. Yeah, like a little get-right game, eh? Yeah, so they play, I believe, six of their next seven at the Dome, which is good for the Calgary Flames. So you're right, bit of a low event game last night. I don't know how I managed to write so many notes on such a low event game. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote, like, at least a half page less than I usually do. Yeah. And I think I was Uh, really struggling to here's a little Here's a a little another nugget Mm. from last night's game. Um I thought Shillington showed a ton of speed, especially when he came in on that rush. I thought he was going to backhand it in, and we would have been talking about that Shillington goal all morning, this morning. He just slid that backhand wide after he exploded into the Rangers zone. Yeah, well, the the two best chances for the Flames came moments into the third period. His nice little rush there, tried that little jam play on the backhand and almost got it to go, and then moments before that, it was the, the dish from Zary to Anderson we were talking about where Shesterkin got the big glove stop, and knocked it out of play, but that was kind of the the two biggest moments for me where felt like they were going to score. There was one more late where Coleman got his own rebound and Shesterkin stopped him with his shoulder, but apart from that, it never really felt like the Flames were um, overly dangerous, especially the way that Shesterkin started to settle into the game. 
never really felt like they were going to be able to get a chance here. They needed something to go right in their direction, and I thought they were getting out physical. I thought they weren't really creating anything offensively. Like that, I, the Sharon Govich line had a few chances as the game went on to kind of create some ozone time, but I never really felt like they were exceptionally dangerous per se. Mm-hmm. Now you move on to go to the Rangers game and see who's going to play on that fourth line. Probably bring in Cole Schwint and go from there. Yeah. Um, hopefully it isn't long-term uh, for Jacob Pelche, who's definitely uh, inserted uh, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy into the Calgary Flames, who fall 2 nothing to the Rangers. Uh, we'll get more on this game from the Solution Snake, Mr. Brent Ron, coming up at the top of the hour. Also... Um, Rose Report straight ahead. We'll talk to Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, coming up at 8 o'clock. Speaking of the Super Bowl, not surprising. I think I kind of called it the most watched Super Bowl ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, which, yeah. Which I think was a layup based on the Taylor Swift factor. Yeah, without a doubt. I I didn't think we would have seen every Like, now that being said, the Super Bowl typically, doesn't it typically set a new record every it's year? It's the top 10 most watched TV programs of all time. Only the... Apollo 11 moon landing is the most watched, but that's a non-sporting event. That's a news event. Right. Yeah, it like was, it was. That was a that was a made-for-TV movie. Stop. I had a. <laughs> I had a nice job. Very gross. Uh, I had. Um, I was watching some buddies. Had some friends over. Uh, better halves were there because they were obviously excited to see uh, Tr- Taylor's boyfriend play. Uh, yeah. They all promptly left as soon as halftime was over, but that's fine as well. Everyone was doing prop sheets. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there was definitely a little bit more people invested, I think, than I've, I've typically seen. I need to uh, I need to look this number up. I believe in the last three Super Bowls he's participated in, I think like Kyle Shanahan's been outscored like sixty to fourteen or sixty eight fourteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's been brutal. Like he, the fourth like I quarter. I gotta look and o- up that number to ask Charles Davis about it. Yeah, like fourth quarter and overtime has not been good for Shanahan and his group. But there's there's also something that came out yesterday, which I think is super fascinating. The 49ers had no idea about the new overtime rule. No, yeah, go ahead clue. and admit it. You guys look like a joke now. Yeah, well. Like they're all based, all the, the, the players are essentially dragging their coaching staff. You right? know, in the lead up, the Chiefs had a bunch of meetings. They uh, they had two meetings a week, outlying the playoff overtime rules, and they did this weekly. And they practiced overtime yes. and their game plan and what to do. Like, can you imagine what would have happened if that's why they took the ball first? Could you imagine <laughs> if the Niners had actually scored a touchdown and started celebrating like they'd <laughs> won the damn thing? That. That probably would have happened, Matty. They would have rushed yeah, the field. it would have. They would they have had to get know. them all off the field. They would have been shook. The Chiefs probably would have gone down, scored a touchdown, punched in for two. Well, Chris Jones said they would have went for two if the Niners scored on that opening yeah, possession. Yeah, and apparently, uh, apparently the Chiefs uh, were talking about the new overtime playoff rule in training camp and what they would do in that situation. That's how prepared they were for the new overtime rule, that they even talked about it in training camp. And then you hear a lot of Niners players had no idea about this new overtime rule. That's why they took the ball first. So they thought if they scored a touchdown, they would win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how, exactly like, what Patty just said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. But but how is that possible? Well, they're just obviously not prepared. They had other things they were thinking about. There wasn't enough time I don't, in the two weeks? Well, I will say... These two weeks are probably you have less time than you typically would to prepare because there's so much other stuff on the go. But that being said, you had the yeah. entire season. You had everything to prepare for these rules. And and really, like Pat said, you know, you go back to training camp. You should have gone over this with your team. Like you were a group that expected to be in the postseason. And when there are rule changes, I expect that people are informed about them. When something happens at our job and we are no longer allowed to do things, I would expect that management would let us know about that. That would be the hope. 
right? At every point, in every job, it doesn't matter. You're paid to do your profession. You're paid to know how to do your profession. Which is maybe a little rich coming from me. But that being said, it's kind of inexcusable. And I like what yeah, Dominique Foxworth said. I don't know what show he was on, but just lie. What are you guys doing? Like, and, what like, are you doing? Why are you talking? What are you doing? Just like, lie. just lie. Now you're just you guys the, always lie to us. Just lie. You're gonna be the butt yeah. of everybody's joke, and, and it's gonna be everybody next year yeah. making fun of the Niners over this. Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been a good 24 or four like over 24 hours for Kyle Shanahan. Not a good look. Uh-uh. For a guy who's New. one of the brightest minds in the NFL, but oof, that's a bad look. Gonna get Charles Davis' opinion on that too. And again, you see a lot of the time, especially when you watch the NFL, how a lot of the players have no idea about the rules. Like Nicole Hardman didn't know they won the Super Bowl when he yeah. got that mm-hmm. touchdown. Yep. Yep. Like Patrick Mahomes certainly did as he ran over to him. We just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he told him. Yeah. We yeah. just oh, won. Cool. Great job. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for catching that. We're Super <laughs> yeah. Bowl champs. Great work. Looking forward to talking to Charles Davis about that. Um, they had no idea about the new overtime rule which is super, super interesting. All right, uh, what do you, what else you got coming up in the Rose Report here? Oh, we got uh, yesterday's game. We'll go over that. The Raptors got Wembeed. That was lots of fun. Uh, the other notes from the NBA. I'm trying to find this graphic from the PGA yesterday of the arrests and everything from the waste management. Oh, really? I've been unable to find it again, but... Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, and uh, something from yesterday's post game show I have to share with you. Okay, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, did they have a drunk? They might have to put a jail, a drunk jail, at the waste management open moving forward. Yeah, they arrested like 55 people, and yeah, they had like 80 <laughs> people. Like I saw a video of someone who was a bartender, and he said the reason they had to stop alcohol sales is because the people who were checking security just stopped. They just weren't checking tickets. So people were just willy-nilly coming in. They had a half a million people on the course. What? Yeah. They just walked in, like, with no impunity whatsoever. Yeah, and then they were all getting into the VIP booths where all the booze was free, and the bartenders were like, we we have no idea of knowing who should be in here and who shouldn't, so they just started serving like crazy, and then all of a sudden, everyone's blackout city. So you're saying that people who are completely unauthorized to be where they were disrupted some rich VIPs in I don't know little VIP tents. I don't know if they were all rich, but yeah, they were definitely disrupted. Mm. Interesting. I assume they were rich, probably, but yeah, they were definitely disrupted. That doesn't sound like the U.S. southern border at all. Wow. All right. Crazy. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get to the Rose Report. We'll do that straight ahead. Brent Cron at the top of the hour. And uh, <laughs> you know it's an awesome stadium. I don't know if they still have it, but I know at the old Ralph... Uh, whatever they call it now, um, Highmark Stadium. There is a drunk jail. They toss people in the drunk jail. Well, there. most most NFL stadiums have something like that. <laughs> I don't think that Saddle Dome has a drunk jail. No, but the Saddle Dome has a security it's office. It's also different. The Saddle Dome's <laughs> for like 20,000 people, and these yeah. stadiums for NFL can fit what? Some of them 70, up to a hundred, like thousand. Yeah, yeah. like oh, yeah. can we <laughs> ridiculous? Can we have the warden of the Flames Jail on our show. Yeah, I want him on. <laughs> hey, warden, I need a new cell. Have him on the show. Yeah, all I'm right. Sure, he's got like a an old mustache, big old <laughs> big old keychain ring. Definitely a badge. He's got like three hundred keys on it. You're like, there's one cell in here, dude. What do you need all those for? It's on a giant ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that way, the the prisoners can steal it off his belt while he's taking his yeah. snooze. <laughs> while he while he's sleeping yeah. in a chair that's kicked back yeah. against a wall. Yeah, he's snoring like. <laughs> <laughs> they got a piece of chewing gum as they slide it over yeah. to attach it. We're just describing right. Looney Tunes at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk about that low event game last night. For the Flames, they lose 2-0 to the Rangers. Um, NBA stuff, which everyone's pumped up about. Uh, We'll do that next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. At the top of the hour, the solution snake. 
Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron. On the Flames 2-0 loss last night to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden to wrap up their four-game Eastern Road Swing. Flames back at it Thursday at home against their arch rivals, the San Jose Sharks. Big-time robbery game down at the Dome on Thursday night. Uh, The Blue Jays tweeted out something very exciting. We'll get to that later on. Very exciting for their fans. And uh, I was uh, I was alerted to something during the break, uh, Maddie, that uh, GVP has told me about that's on our whiteboard, which we're the only show that actually uses the whiteboard because it's just a, a lot of ideas, a lot of brainstorming. Mm-hmm. I know exactly Tom- what you're talking about. Uh, tomorrow is uh, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. the day where we celebrate love. Big fan. Um, <laughs> we uh, you got to do a sexy. Sexy uh, Rose Report tomorrow. I get to do a sexy Rose Report. Yeah. Have to. Come on now. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Is there going to be a lot of saxophone in it? I don't know yet, George. I uh, definitely just found out about this as soon as it showed up today. So I got a brainstorm today. I got a whole bunch of thinking and pondering. and Maybe you should get... Patrick, sexy Fabio. Voice oh, he'll make an appearance. The question is, how am I going to use him? Okay, schedule. <laughs> it's <laughs> Patrick's. If we can Fabio get him, is like if we can it's get like the nuclear football. Like it's yeah. always attached. Like you, <laughs> the button is always there to press. <laughs> yeah. We need two keys, but we can use the Fabio voice. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned tomorrow for a sexy. Um, Rose report. So I think we only go in and out of the breaks with Michael, <laughs> with Michael Bolton music. Oh, sure, because he's the king of I love. Do, I do love some Michael Bolton. Yeah, that'll be nice. Patrick, your thoughts? Every break is a Michael Bolton song. Ah, uh, <laughs> there's so much saxophone. Yeah, there's never enough saxophone. I do love some saxophone. GVP. Every break a Michael Bolton song. Copy that. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you a playlist today. Sure, sounds good. I will hand select <laughs> every Michael Bolton song. We're going to play in and out of every single break tomorrow. You're just rinsing this is Michael Bolton playlist? Yeah. And uh, I think we should even go to break with Michael Bolton underneath. Okay, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Does Michael Bolton have 12 really good songs? Hmm. I couldn't name you one. Yeah, I don't know yes, any of his you stuff. Could. Uh, the on. one he did with There's Lonely no Island. Come on. Said I loved you, but I lied. Uh, I oh, a man loves yeah. a woman. How am I supposed to uh, live without you? Yeah. So you talk about how you don't know any Michael Bolton songs. You're going to after tomorrow. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking of Kenny G. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, of course. I was thinking Kenny G. Because he's got like, that I get one it. You're thinking about curly song. mullets. Yeah. Well, Kenny G had longer hair. Yeah, Kenny like, G still has long hair. Yeah, um, Michael Bolton, more of a skullet than a mullet. Yeah. All right, on that note, grinding halt. Let's get to the Rose Report. Mm. And it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repair. So gladly match that beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose and Oh, welcome aboard, friends. Hope you're doing just lovely out there today on a beautiful Tuesday. Flames and Rangers were yesterday. Calgary wrapped up a four-game roadie out east. It was one of four games with a whole swath of them tonight. Raptors got Wembeed. CFL free agency opens at 10 o'clock today. The Wranglers and Hitman are both in action tonight. Details on both contests, plus a little bit of something from yesterday's post-game show that you got to hear to believe, George. Okay, I'm excited. We'll start with the Flames and the Rangers. Just stacks and stacks of Jack. Mm-hmm. Hey, first off, Markstrom named uh, first star of the week. Hey! Ending February 11th. Hey. Three wins at 2.0 goals against average and 929 save percentage over three games. Playing really well of late. Congrats to him. Also over the weekend, Elliot Friedman talked about how, uh, yeah, trade with uh, the Devils. They were uh, 
perhaps in discussions, but apparently there was some sort of hang-up over salary retention. Our boy Eric Francis was on the Merrick Show yesterday and had to say this as far as how Flames ownership is feeling about salary retention. $6 million, Jeff, is a lot to squeeze into the cap. I heard you and Elliot talking about mm. this, this organization's reluctance to uh, you know pay for half the salary in, in a deal. And, and I have to tell you, yep. I think that I think that they are very much open to it. I know historically they haven't been, but I think this organization is at a spot right now where if it can sweeten the pot and get the return even higher as they try to rebuild for a new arena coming down the road, I think they're willing to do it, no yeah. questions asked. So that's changed, I think, as opposed to the, the past. That's fascinating. Because um, he does have some term left. Two more years but, at six per. But at the same time, uh, what did they talk about it on the broadcast last night? Greg Millen talked about it. Oh, the, Millsy the hates panel. the trade Markstrom talk. Yeah, he hey. does not want it. He's like, are you crazy? <laughs> That's what he said. I, nuts. I completely agree with all of his points, too. I completely but agree. They also have a guy trying a to, you know, because there, the there isn't prospects. the goaltending in the NHL. Also, um... He said, you know, a lot of talk on Calgary radio. I'm like, Mil- Millsy listens to our show. Totally does. Totally does. I'm just saying, you have a top prospect that needs to play some NHL games sooner rather than later. Yeah, but Not also, saying take over the he full. Though? Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. What are you talking about? Okay. He won the MVP okay. last year. I'm not okay. saying just start 50, 60 games next year. I'm saying he should be starting at least 20 to 30 next year. But I also think that you could do something that's a lot more like Saros and Rene over the three, four years that they yeah. transitioned. The only Easy. problem is the backup guy that's kind of in the way. In my opinion, I would rather they keep Markstrom and they keep Wolf and somehow find a new home for Dan Fadar. But mm. that would be ideal for me, personally, because then your team would but, still be decent. But again, uh, you can't. You can't sell any higher right now than you would be on Jacob Markstrom. You could win is a, this? He could win a Vesna. You could do it in the offseason. And you could have way the, more suitors in. So I, I would argue what? that you could sell him for higher in the offseason. This is something I want to ask uh, Brent Cron, but I'm going to ask both of you guys right now. Mm. Is this the best hockey he's played as a Calgary Flame? Oh, I don't know, man. He played really good that 21-22 season. He's playing really good right now, but there was some... the team was also very good in front of him. But they also would hemorrhage chances at time to time, especially when they understood that they had a goaltender that would bail them out in a lot of key situations. As much as they had a good team in front of them, they they essentially had a great line in front of them. It wasn't necessarily the team, Mm. right? Mm. We'll ask Brent Crow. We'll get his opinion on that. Uh, He did get the start against the New York Rangers. No changes to the lineup. The biggest kind of touch point moment early was Truba's big hit on Jacob Pelche at the blue line. Um, Nursing that surgically repaired left shoulder left the game after just 50 seconds of playing and did not return, George. No update post game either. Disappointing, right? Because he's he's thrown so much energy uh, into this team. Um, since his return, uh, it's exciting to watch him play. You just hope it isn't long-term. You just hope it was more precautionary last night than something that's potentially long-term here for Pelche because he's been really good since mm-hmm. he's, that fourth line is, has been has been good for the Flames with him, Rooney, and Dewar since they've united that trio together on this road trip. You just hope it isn't long-term, and it was hopefully just to be on the safe side last night. Completely agree. Uh, a little bit of four-on-four four in the middle of the period. Uyghur with a nice hit on Condre Miller. Uh, Flames, though, a little bit stuck in their own end. Jacob Markstrom bailing them out. In a tight-checking affair between the two hottest teams in the NHL right now, both the Flames and the Rangers have won four in a row. It's Panarin through the neutral zone across the Flames line. Panarin, far side, and now a backhand shot off the stick of Trocek is stopped by Markstrom. Yeah, he was really good. Trocek had a few chances early on in the first period. Uh, Tanev also ran into a post late in the period on a bat Ugh. back check. Yeah. Thought it might have knocked the wind out of him, but I don't think it was that. I think it might have been something that was actually a little bit painful. But he did return for the second period, George. That was good to see. Yeah, um, I, I think, Patrick, you, you had something in our little in-show text that was interesting when it comes to Chris Tanev. Do you want yeah. to that? I had David Pagnota on with me yesterday, and he kind of suggested or maybe thinks that the Flames could be 
closer or sooner rather sooner rather than later to uh, a healthy scratching Chris Tanev to protect him. Wouldn't be surprised you see him not play on the upcoming trip at some point or sorry at the upcoming homestand here. Uh, but yeah, just speculative right now. But we'll see what happens here. But we're getting to that time where you probably want to protect this guy because he is last week here. He's been taking some hits. <laughs> But you know what? I, I thought I thought something interesting. I saw it over the weekend, and I didn't realize this number was that low. Do you know how many regular season games he's missed over the last five seasons? He doesn't, like, he like doesn't 20, miss I games. Think. 20 over the last five years. Yeah, 20. He's been That's a it. lot healthy since leaving Vancouver. Well, Figured it out. Healthy and able to play are not necessarily the same thing. I guess, yes. Healthy enough right. to play, and yeah. that's also a sliding scale when we're talking about number eight, the, bubble, the double bubble king himself. Um couple of chances for the Flames. Walker Dewar had a couple of opportunities. Uh, Shillington had a nice stretch pass to Zary, which created a little bit of a flurry. Barkley Goodrow hit the post off the rush. A little bit of snarl. Possible still going at it with Panarin would end up to a uh, little bit of power play time for the Flames, but Huberto eliminated that by taking an interference penalty almost immediately. Uh, and then we would eventually get our first goal of the contest. Slides the left wing side to Coleman. He overskates it. Now we've got a 2 1 2 the other way. Tackle and up the right wing side. Shoots. March from the save. Loose puck in the blue paint. They score. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom was not very happy with this one. No. It's a two-on-one. Blake Coleman turns it over at the blue line. Markstrom makes the initial stop on Kako, but Cooley is, ever, Cooley is able to knock it free on his first whack of the pads, then get the rebound to go home. Um, didn't think Hannafin did a very good job of following Cooley to the crease and allowing those Save couple of whacks. Yeah, that was not a good one. Uh, that goal will count. one nothing at 12-31, George. The ninth for Cooley. Yeah, so how many times in an NHL game when the puck is kind of caught underneath, the referee will blow that dead? And that's actually a really good call by the ref because that puck was loose. But it's also a little bit of bad luck. And obviously Markstrom was not happy about it following the ref around right after that puck went in. How many times do we see a puck like that just blown dead because the referee lose sight of it? And again, it was a great call. The puck was loose and it was a good non-call and they banged the puck in. But how many times during an NHL game they blow that thing dead? Yeah, they do a lot of times. Um, the thing for me was it came loose on the first whack. And if it comes loose on the first one, then it, then it's kind of in play. It's usually when the guy starts digging two, three times and, and yep. nothing's moving that, that well, obviously the, the play gets blown dead and, and the play gets taken off the board if it does go in the back of the net. So this one was a little bit different. Um, I didn't necessarily have a problem with how Markstrom played it at all. To me, it was more uh, yeah. the, the mistake at the blue line and then Hannafin not really taking his man with him um, back to the crease to kind of disallow that opportunity for Cooley but at the end of 40 minutes it was a one nothing lead for the New York Rangers Flames had a couple opportunities to start the third the flex spot of the Flames dead now Shillington gives it away to Gustafson puts it right back on Shillington's stick and the speedy defenseman will skate at the center and now across the Rangers line Shillington in to the backhand just misses the net and the puck comes free for the Flames captain Backlund spins and centers. Here's Coleman. He drops it. Hannafin to Coleman. He shoots it. It's stopped. Rebound. And Coleman's denied again by Shusterkin. And Amajapani crashes into the Rangers goaltender as the Flames hold the puck in. Yeah, that Coleman chance actually came quite a bit oh. later on in the frame. But a couple of good ones for the Flames. There was the Anderson shot as well that was stopped by the glove of Shusterkin. But the Rangers would eventually just get an empty netter. A uh, bit of a weird bounce to the front of the crease, but nobody there for the Calgary Flames. VC gets the empty net goal, knocking it away from Noah Hannafin, and the Rangers win this game 2-0. George, here's the post-game thoughts from Ryan Huska. A uh, really slow start. I thought we were they were skating, we weren't in the first period, and um, uh, Jacob kept us in the game in the first period for sure. I thought we got a little bit better as the game went on, but um, their goaltender played well too tonight. We made some good saves at key times for them. Lowell Van hockey game, that's for sure. The uh, the Coleman chance was far and away the best one the Flames had. And obviously Zary ringing the post. But Coleman, I think at the beginning, even a couple months ago, that probably would have went in how hot he was. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought about that last night. Um, they, they had some decent chances. Manjapani had some decent chances. Mm -hmm. That line's kind of cooled off a little bit here lately. 
the back one line? Well, yeah. yeah, Coleman's hot streak ended, right? So yeah. so now not everything he touches turns to gold, and, and now they're like not producing right offense. Away. They're still checking fine, but yep. the other thing here... I'm just saying it, the offensive side of things, they're not generating as much as they were. No, 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 no. Definitely have not been able to do no. that. No, they're um, not as dangerous. Just checking out the uh, scoring chances report from Stephen Valaket, uh, who does uh, some Rangers analytic type of stuff and uh, does some goalie analytics that a lot of the NHL teams actually use. Uh, yesterday's Rangers game, 29 chances for the New York Rangers. 12 oh, of Lord. them were high danger chances. So right from the slot, Markstrom stopped, Markstrom stopped all 12 of them. That tracks. The expected goals, which I know you don't buy too much into, but 3.36, he allowed none. So, uh, yeah, he was was terrific. He was dynamite yesterday in uh, a losing effort for the Flames. Next game for them will be Thursday. Thursday against the the, uh, San Jose Sharks come to town. They actually don't play on Wednesday for the rest of the year, believe it or not. Wow. Um, What? Yeah, I know. Is that true? Yeah, because Wednesday's movie night. I, wow. I, went, I went through it. They looked don't at the play slate Wednesday for the they rest play of the season. Friday, but not Wednesday. They, I don't know if they play Fridays, but I know they play a lot of Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Okay, because that's kind of the the big days on the NHL schedule. Like I don't remember the last time I watched the Flames on a Monday. Like I was watching the broadcast crew with Ace and Armdog Gazdick. and Gazdick, and I was like. What? Ace is on Sportsnet? Excuse me? Yeah, every Monday. He was dialed in, too. Hey, pick we- your uh, first goal. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski. None yeah. from the Flames. Yeah. You realize you're on I- TV in Canada? Okay, good. I can't right say- on. Mm, no. I'm good. We got. I'm good about We, we should have Luke on. Uh, he kind of said a story, and then I kind of want to want to hear the story, where Travis Konechny said he's the worst player he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he let's try. Him on the ice. Let's You're get the worst him on the player show. I've ever seen. Maybe we'll get him on tomorrow. I think we got a pretty open slate. We got Blackbird. Yeah. I want to uh, hear that story. We got tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. The tomorrow's open. Okay, yeah. let's do it. All right. And maybe um, Luke loves love too. Probably does. Uh, three other games yesterday. We'll start with Minnesota and Vegas from Sin City. Petrangelo was honored pregame for playing in his 1,000th game. Those gold sticks are awfully nice. Tied at two after 20, no goals in the third. A couple of quick ones ended up being the difference. As Vegas turns a puck over, Boldy right circle, trying to dance in front, got through a check, and his wrists are stopped by Hill. He didn't know where it was. They score! Marco Rossi from the goal mouth. They have jammed it home. Boldy was there as well, and the Wild are back in front, three to two. Faber goes right back to Hartman from the red line right side, skying one in. Hill lost it, side angle shot, they score! What a play from Boldy, hustling to that puck and beating a stunned Aiden Hill. And just like that, the Wild have a two-goal lead here in Vegas. Yeah, Marco Rossi's 14th, Matt Boldy's 18th. They score two in the same shift. Boldy had three points, 5-3 the final as Minnesota has won three in a row. They beat Vegas, and they're now just two points back of the Calgary Flames. Mm. Devils hosting the Kraken, Seattle, another time, another team hanging around the Western playoff picture, looking for their first win on a four-game road trip. Started before the All-Star break. They would not get it yesterday. Hall, a nice play from behind, takes it away from Beneers. Now it's the Jack. He scores from a sharp angle. You never know when Jack Hughes is out there. He was along the goal line, found an opening, and it's 2-0. Yeah, he's sneaky. 15th of the season. That made it 3-0. The Devils win it 3-1. Nico Dawes, 27 of 28 stops in the win. Seattle remains three points back of the Calgary Flames. The other team in the race, the Coyotes, the last team in the race. Yesterday, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. Alex Kerfoot scored in the second period. That made it 3-2 for the Coyotes, but no quit under torts. Nolan Cates got it wrap around, right across the goal mouth. Vavelka had to make a save. Stahl goes point to point. Sandheim back across to Lawton. Lawton can't tuck it around, goes behind the net, and he scores! The wraparound from behind the goal by Scott Lawton, his seventh of the year. And the Flyers have their first lead of the game. It's 4-3. Yeah, Drysdale tied it early on in the third. Then about four minutes later, it's Scott Lawton getting his seventh in the game winner. The Flyers win it 5-3 on the empty net goal from Tippett and... And Scott Lawton getting his name in trade talks, George. Ooh. A center with term, two more years at $3 million per. Yeah. So but why are the Flyers trading him then? Which way did you just point? No, I, 
Was that North? Yeah. That one. Oh, yeah. The Oilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Them so and Sean. The Scott Lawton and Sean Walker. The Flyers Walker. are trading him because uh, the prices for centers this year is ridiculous. And he's got a stupidly cheap cap hit that the uh, teams that don't have a lot of cap space can afford. Yeah, so he's okay. basically the best available when you talk about Henrique, who comes in at like $5.5 million mm-hmm. as a UFA. And a lot of teams yeah, like really... rentals, George. So I think this is more about is someone going to meet the price of the Flyers because they realize sure. this is a, a market that they can exploit? Or is he just going to stay in Philly, which I don't think they have a problem with either? This is going to be a lean deadline, boy. Coyote, well, we'll see. TBD. Mark's weird. Coyotes remain five points back. Big fat slate tonight. Oilers host the Red Wings at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet West. Canucks visit the Blackhawks. That goes at 6.30. Other Canadian teams, we have the Leafs playing the Blues. That goes at 5 o'clock in Toronto. And maybe a little bit later on with Brent Cron, we can hear some of that Toronto Maple Leafs audio about this Morgan Riley hearing that's going to come today. Um, the expectation is he will get suspended. The question is, how long will he get suspended? They do play at 5 o'clock uh, later today. So you got to expect that the decision will come before that, George. What's yeah, your guess? Um, What's your guess? Roll the no, dice. I, I never know. You see, Come the on. problem is, so the problem is with with the uh, NHL player safety thing is they they if the guys hurt they, they take that into yes they really take Sorry, that into what? consideration when somebody's hurt. So he didn't get hurt. I look at it as I give it, him two. It's a revenge. Two games, it's that's a, it. It's a revenge thing, similar to what Jason Spezza did to the Jets a few years back. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting six. Oh my goodness. I think uh, he wasn't hurt though. Doesn't matter. I think it's okay. the intent and it's the revenge factor is a big one. The NHL does not like when you're so trying what are you to. Saying, Maddie? I think it's going to be five. Yeah, in person hearings are apparently minimum five games. No, it's that you can give more than six. It's over the phone oh. is maximum five. Yeah, nobody knows. Again, they I think they just spin a wheel, and that's what the suspension is. Honestly, they have like a hamster that runs around, and when he stops, that's a suspension. That's essentially what it is, because nobody knows. Yeah, honestly, does anybody really know? No, nobody knows. I'm saying two games. It's going to be more than that. Ryan He's Reed. never been suspended before either. Ryan Reeves thought maximum. Neither David Perron. He got six. Yeah, all right. Uh, but there was also an injury involved with that one. Habs host the Ducks. Senators take on the Blue Jackets. A couple of lottery ticket games. As for the playoff picture on the Flames, the Kings visit the Sabres. L.A. is three points up on Calgary, as are the Blues, actually. And they take on the Leafs, as mentioned prior. Blues really good lately. Predators host the Devils. That's a tough back-to-back for New Jersey because they are on the road. A six o'clock start. Predators are a point ahead of the Flames. Other tilts, Avalanche Capitals at five. Hurricanes and Stars at six. Bruins and Lightning also at five. Hey, the Super Bowl was back on Sunday. Thrilling overtime finish. Uh, wanted to make sure that we... Uh, played this one here for you as well because you know we played a lot of audio we've had the Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid on their rebuttal and the game winner and it was all roses but when someone wins someone also has to lose so I figured we'd we'd also mix in a little bit of the the Niners radio call of that game winning touchdown to McCole Hardman Seven seconds, six. They are going to snap it. Mahomes going to roll to his right. Throws. Touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Nicole Hardman. As they roll Mahomes right, Nicole Hardman is wide open. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Back-to-back years. Another heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> if that isn't, dang it is very American. Dang it! Dang it! Just like Dudden. Not doesn't, Dudden. That's dang very it. American. Yeah. <laughs> I like the pause, too. Yeah, Another big... heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. Dang it! <laughs> yep. <laughs> He did have some analysis after after <laughs> yeah. that. I am kind of leaving him hanging out to dry a bit, but <laughs> no, no, we got all we needed. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. We got all we needed there. Oh boy, can't wait till football's back. Yeah. Anyway, from the NBA, but that, that was not fair tonight. Yeah, it's not fair when they have a guy that's that tall that can do that type of things. 
GVP, what happened yesterday? Uh, the Raptors got smoked again as they still try to figure out their new rotation coming out of the trade deadline here. Victor Weminyama with an outstanding game. He had a triple-double with 27, 14 boards, and 10 blocks. 10 uh, blocks? And he did it <laughs> under 30 minutes of play. Are you kidding yeah, me? It was an absolute Ten freak blocks? show game <laughs> of, of Victor Weminyama. It's Weminyama's. the fifth was time. Was he playing against elementary school kids? Like the yeah, pretty Ten much. Ten blocks in the NBA? It's the fifth time it's happened. I believe as a rookie in the history of the NBA. It was last time was like someone an had 10 grader blocks trying to go to the rack and then Wemby's waiting for him. Pretty much. And the and he did no, it no, 20, no. And he did it in 29 minutes of play. Yeah. He finished 5 it's assists short of a quadruple double. Uh rookie Grady Dick would lead the way scoring wise for the Raps. He finished with 18 <laughs> coming off the bench. Raps lose again 122-99. Good losing They'll be back Spurs. in action tomorrow when they host Indiana at 5:30. <laughs> Wemby, man, this guy's a freak. <laughs> he is very good. Ten blocks. What are we talking it's like, about? It's like me trying to get to what the rack on him. What are we talking about? How are we going to supposed to play? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good point. How are you supposed to play when he's got ten blocks? What are we supposed yeah. to do? Yeah. Uh, Nuggets and Bucks was fun. Big win for Milwaukee. Giannis went off 36 points. He had 18 boards. Jamal also, Murray got uh, in that game. Hmm. Timberwolves beat the Clippers at Crypto.com Arena. Ooh, that was a big win for the T-Wolves. And also, there was something that happened at the end of the Rockets and Knicks game where a referee made a wrong call, GVP. Did you look into this at all? Uh, yeah, there was coming down to the final stretch in that Rockets and uh, New York Knicks uh, game, and uh, Aaron Holiday throws a, a prayer from three to uh, try and win it, and Jalen Brunson's closing out, and uh, he, he goes up and tries to block it and whatnot, and they ended up calling it a foul. But all the contact came uh, after the release, and uh, they still granted a foul to Aaron Holiday, and he ended up bearing the two free throws to, to win the game for the Rockets. And then uh, after the game, they uh, they said, hey, we blew that call. Because they have pool reporters, That's George. Great. The report. Yes. I love the reports. But if you look at it, it was Sorry, pretty egregious. Because the referee actually talks to the media there, and they say, yes, we are wrong when we see the call after, and we made a mistake. Yeah, and, and Tibbs wasn't able to challenge it because he challenged a, uh, a Taj Gibson foul in, in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could have brought it to my bad. by any means. Yeah. Field pointing to the chest, my bad. My bad, dog. You can make my Tonight on the network, Thunder and Magic at 5.30. Kings and Spurs go at 8 o'clock. The Stampeders expected to announce the slewest signings this morning. Uh, 10 a.m. is when free agency opens for the CFL. Three Down Nation reporting that they've got deals with offensive lineman Trevon Tate, linebacker Micah Tights, homecoming for Micah Tights. Trey Walker as well. Defensive lineman Ricky Walker, defensive back Demario Houston, and quarterback Matthew Schiltz. They've also reported Derek Wigan and Isaac Adeyemi Berglund are leaving for the Montreal Alouettes. Biggest questions, Kadeem Carey, the running back, feels unlikely at this point. And then Ryan Sevier, who played left guard for them last year. Uh, the Wranglers continue their homestand. They welcome the Manitoba Moose for a couple of games tonight and tomorrow, both at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow we'll have it on the radio. Today you have to watch it on AHL TV. Because the Calgary Hitmen are on the road to battle the Red Deer Rebels tonight, and that goes at 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Uh, we didn't get to the overtime calls, but the solution snake is here, so maybe we can share them with him yeah. uh, in the next segment. How about that? All right, let's do or that. Or in the next uh, hour, something point. Terrific stuff, Matty. The Rose Report is brought to you by and Motorworks. Good night and good luck to you, sir. Oh, yeah, damn it. It's like my first show. <laughs> um, I didn't know the... I'm late. Brent's here. We're trying to get out of here. We're good. Right. You know, it's fine. Don't worry about hey, it. Hey, if you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match it. Then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. The Solution Snake next. Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan.